Welcome to the Mavens of Marketing, a weekly podcast hosted by me, Rachel Durkin. And me, Carrie Barrett. We talk all things marketing, innovation, sales, and business growth strategies, and the standard tried and true marketing techniques. Come for the conversation, stay for the savvy insights. And the borderline inappropriate jokes. To our lovely audience, thank you for joining us for another episode of the Mavens of Marketing. I'm your co-host, Carrie Barrett, along with the lovely and fabulous Rachel Durkin. How are you? I'm good. Hello, everyone. Today, I'm so excited for our guest with her lovely hat. (laughs) And I I didn't didn't get the yellow memo either. Damn it. I, I needed something to brighten up my day, so... Here we are. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Sunny, how are you, my friend? Good. By the way, this is a Target special. It was like $15. It's a t-shirt dress. Can I just stand and show you? Yeah, stand up. Oh my gosh. So I will tell you, I see, yeah, well, you look fabulous in anything. Let's not kid ourselves. But I see you do posts on Instagram and you do a lot of Instagram lives and you're always talking about these fabulous finds that you find in like Target or some like, spot that normally you wouldn't necessarily think has stylish home decor or clothing and you always seem to find it. I find a couple of good things. I'm like not a super, I'm like a pro shopper. There are some people in some accounts that are like, oh my gosh, they'll find everything on Amazon. They find everything at Target, but I have good luck. Ever since I was working in TD, I would go through Target and they have the cutest clothes and I mean everybody's on zoom these days but especially like the shirts from like the waist up I'm just like they're who what wear line I would just say for anyone watching (laughs) who likes the fashion moment but doesn't want to spend a ton of money that line never lets me down it's like a one of their like sub brands at Target who what I and a t-shirt dress you can't go wrong in it it's like the top always matches the bottom and you're good to go you don't have to (laughs) think low maintenance I because it sounds fancy I'm wearing a pantsuit Oh, perfect. oh, that's cute. Yeah. And you do have the same kind of color in your. I do, um, I suppose, a little bit. Thank you for yeah. pointing that well, out. I'm not, both I'm not totally fancier pants on than I do, so we'll just leave it at that. Do you, but do you have yeah. pants on? Yeah, <laughs> you all wonder, and maybe we'll take a poll. <laughs> well, Part of the tease. There we go. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, Let's let's jump right into everything that we have to talk about. And Sunny, I'm super excited to introduce you to our audience. Why don't, but you know what? I'll let you do it. Tell everybody who you are, what you do, all that good stuff. Okay. Um, so um, my name is Sunny Abata. I am the host of a live digital talk show and podcast called We Gotta Talk, which is an issues-based show. Um, I have a background in journalism, which I'm sure we'll get into, but I left the business after 15 years and um, I still love, love, love digging deep on like big topics. So what we do that's kind of fun on our show is we pick a topic a week. It can be super broad. This week was aesthetic. So we're talking everything, plastic surgery, injectables, facials, right? And we, through the blog and through social media and the show itself, which is both video and a podcast, we just like bring in a bunch of experts and we just like dig in on the topic. So, you know, we've done, um, oh gosh, what else do we do? It's an issue a week. We've done infidelity. We've done- Bullying. uh, Yes, bullying. We've done kids and gender. We've done, I mean, so they can range from like uh, more serious topics to this week, which is obviously super light, but the newsy in me loves 
a good detail. So yeah. yeah, it's fun. And we do it once a week. And I actually work with a my former producer who um, produced the 10 o'clock news I used to anchor and we have a good vibe and I just love it. My joy in life is sharing good information and good stories. Yes. So with We Gotta Talk, I just can do that on different yeah. platforms and it's so much fun. So that is a huge part of why we wanted to talk to you today. So if you, if you didn't pick up on it, Sunny and I share a similar background. We were both in the TV news business. And because of that, I think we have certainly a unique and, and a detailed knowledge of the power of story, whether it's simply through words or whether it's through visuals and video as well. So you certainly have right taken what you used to do as a storyteller, TV storyteller, and you've now transitioned it to storytelling via your podcast, especially when you're talking about issues. What, what is, and this applies to anybody, anybody who has a business, a personal brand, a professional, whatever it is, the power of the story is important. What do you think makes that so magical? Why is it so powerful? Well, stories connect us and everybody has a reason for why they are, how they are, how they got where they are. I mean, there's always a good story behind anything and anyone in life and um, remaining curious, which is something that I think is an essential quality to have when you work in news for so long has been my just sort of driving factor. And I have found personally that when I hear other people's stories, I'm strengthened or informed or, um, you know, made to seek out new information that makes me better in some way or changes my opinion, right? The fired or yeah, the best stories really can, can change us. And so, you know, just being one cog in that wheel has like just been super fun. And like I said, there's, there's more serious things that you can do that with. I, I, when I talk about connecting through story, motherhood is like a big place where I have like felt empowered by sharing, like, you know, we share our birth stories. We share our struggles with early motherhood. We share our joys with motherhood, but that was the one arena that when I got into, like when I finally had a child, I was like, Oh, now more than ever, I need to feel like I'm not alone. So that's when all of this started coming out of me. And I was like, well, you know, now my kids are getting older and it's a bunch of other topics that we cover. Right. But that really was a pivotal thing for me was having my first child and yearning for connection through right. sharing stories. Well, I think the cool thing about storytelling is while data and statistics and all that other stuff are super important and I'm going to use the news analogy, it's it's always the, right? When you write a story, unless it's something that's just, incredibly timely and it's a statistic or a number that everybody's talking about, you always start with the human element of the story first, right? So, you know, um, farmers have had a, a tough time in the Midwest just this year. There's a drought. That's not how you start. You start with, you know, farmer Dan and you see him like you know, raking dust and you hear in his voice, the emotional toll that it's taken on him. And that's what makes the story stick with people. That's what makes them interested in understanding, excuse me, I hit my microphone, what the stats and the data are, right? So yeah. How because, you, go ahead. Well, I'm thinking of that. And you know, news is one of those things where you tell everybody's stories and none of the two people are the same in a given newscast, but that is an industry that teaches you how much more alike than we are different. When you strip away 
our circumstances, we are human and we yeah. yearn to connect with people and we feel, we need to belong. And we, that's what news taught me too, is like, you know, make me care about farmer Dan, right? Make right. me care. That's what, what your challenge was every day. And every time with a good reporter and a good producer and a good writer and a good anchor, you did because you yeah. found something that was in common with him, which was an emotion or a feeling or an experience. And that to me is just, ah, oh, it's just like, it gives me chills. It's my joy. Yeah. How do you take that? How do you take what you know from journalism and the human connection and the emotion and then translate that into telling a business story, right? Because most of the people, they're going to be doing this a little bit on their own when they're using stories and figuring out how to tell who they are and what they do and through their client's eyes and all that other good stuff. And they don't have a writer or a producer. They got to mm -hmm. figure it out on their own. So what? what's your advice? I would say- that? Find out what would attract you if you were the customer, right? Um, I would say, um, regardless of the product, it doesn't have to be sexy. We used to say in TV, everything has to be sexy, right? Like right. you got to make people care. So your product or your offering may not be like, oh, this really cool, I don't know, resort. It's not something that everybody really wants to visit or do, but you can find something interesting or like sexy or in like uh, engaging about every, like if you were a plumber, I have a, can I swear on this podcast? Hell yeah. My, okay. My cousin <laughs> we'll is a plumber. Out if we need to. <laughs> yeah. Right. And on Instagram, which they do some of their advertising, his like hashtag is shit goes downhill. Okay. I mean, it's just like, you know, there's a way to bring humor in. There's a way to bring no matter what it is you're selling. So look at it through the eyes of a customer and what would pull you in if you were scrolling through and saw, you know, something on Facebook or social media yeah. or even online. And number two, I always tell, I have a lot of entrepreneur, amazing women, entrepreneur friends who have started like physical product lines, whether it's accessories or something like that. And I would say, show us you, like your handbags are gorgeous, but I want to see who made them. And I want to know why you made them. Is it because when you were traveling, you know, you had a bunch of kids stuff and you didn't have enough pockets to put it in? Like, give us a little bit of the person behind the brand. Oh my gosh. I go ahead, Rachel. So I was going to say, in, so this is, it's awesome because in business, we always, I always use the term messaging, right? How to position something appropriately. And at the end of the day, I always say marketing comes down to three things, your audience, your message, and how you're going to go to market. Mm -hmm. And storytelling is the essence of the message. So there's a rule where I always say there's, there's kind of three levels of messaging that you can focus on. One is like the personal story, which is like the Sarah McLaughlin, like crying and about puppies. And you're like, I need to, I need a puppy. Yeah. Or, you know, there's the statistical or the, the, the an impact to the community or the impact to the economy. So, so you can use like data to show your point. So I think storytelling is really a great way to resonate create a message that resonates with your audience. Because if you have the message and it doesn't resonate, you're going to lose them. So people can relate to people who have similar stories. So my question is this, how is it that you identify the audience and how do you craft the right story, right? Because how you tell it could be a little bit different based on who you're talking to. Is there, is there a trick to that, that I don't, that well, I think, you know, I've, I've certainly worked um, in my freelance career with people who are trying to tell stories for their company or represent a, a group in certain ways. And I always try to think uh, you're, you're right. Like you can't, there's not one message that will resonate with everyone, but if you, as the founder, the manufacturer, the, whatever the person ask yourself, why you made this product, did this thing, started this company, and you use that as your North star. And you say, you know, here's why, here's why I started this. I'm just using the handbag example, like, you know, company. Um, because when I was, you know, had a young kid, I, I didn't, couldn't find a diaper bag that was, I mean, you find what 
made you start that company. And it can be something that's not all that like, you know, it doesn't have to be the most entertaining story in the world, but that's your North star. You use why you started it to guide you because then you understand the, the consumer or the customer because you're saying, okay, well, if I had this need, surely these people have this need too. So let me tell you a little bit more about why I did this. Yeah. And it also- why. Accomplishes- why? The why, it's always the why. And it shows, it accomplishes the simultaneous task of drawing people in to your personality and who you are. Uh, the founder stories to me always resonate. You know, we know Tom's shoes, not only because they're charitable angle, but because of like Tom, you know, like we know yeah. the people. Ben and Jerry's, right? Yes. The, I mean, right. Yeah. So, you know, go back to your why and know that there are other people who have that same need that you did and cater to that person. I've heard people say too, I'm not the greatest at this because the product that I offer is a little more nebulous, but you know, you have your perfect customer profile. My perfect customer is, I don't know, not mine personally, but she's 34 and she lives in a suburb and her name is Emily. And when she wakes up in the morning, the first thing she does is put on her yoga pants and she goes out and gets her baby. I mean, like be specific about who it is you're serving if you can. And it just gives you that imagery gives you a better idea of who you're serving. And I think that helps to motivate too. You are so, so I, I'll, one of the newsrooms that I worked in used that exact strategy when we were crafting our stories. So we did demographic research on who our, who our current majority of our audience is and where we were really looking to hone in, right? And in the news world, it's always women. Generally it's women and they're between, you know, 34 and 54 ish. And so, and, and based on her area, you know, what did the demographics of that woman look like? Was she stay at home? Was she working outside of the home? Well, and then we, we actually made an avatar. <laughs> they oh, put wow. an avatar, cardboard cutout of this person, right? A compilation of all these different attributes. And she had her name and she had her hobbies and she had her, right? Her fears and anxieties. And if we were writing a story, no matter what it was, whether it was about a pothole or whether it was about, you know, a, a, a new restaurant in town, if we were ever confused about how we were to write or to create, we looked at that avatar and we're like, what would Jennifer want to know about this particular story? And that's yep. how we crafted it. I love that. I, yeah. I, yeah, I think, you know, and there will be days that it's easier to do that. And there will certainly be companies who can't cater just to one right. person, but you have to have something that's driving your desire to produce, you know, produce whatever it is you're producing. You have to understand where you fit in. Cause otherwise it's like, I mean, even with podcasting, right. It's easy to say, Oh my God, there's literally 5 million podcasts out there. Why the hell would someone come to me? Well, you know, and, and you gotta, you gotta find it because, because it of your hat, right? So I mean, for two key things, I've heard that you have to have the right, you have to know your avatar and speak and, and craft your story. Like you're speaking to them and that you have to focus on your why and not your what in your storytelling. What other elements would you say go into good storytelling, if any, or is that it? Um, storytelling as a whole, I would say passion. I would say um, deep, deep knowledge of what it is you offer. It's the same thing where a reporter, you know, new reporters would start at the station and they would, you know, have their little notebooks and be like standing. And I was like, okay, head up. You get three bullet. You, you don't memorize, you be smart. You have to know how to be smart about what you're talking about. You know, when you're a great 
product manufacturer, head of a company, marketing person, you already know, I don't need to look at these notes because I could tell you three ways to Sunday, what my product does, what my service does. And it's like, when I talk about my podcast, I could, cause it's my baby. I made it, I cook it up, you know, that's the baby, you know it well. And you storytelling is fueled by passion by knowledge of what it is you offer, knowledge of what differentiates you. I mean, you should be prepared to answer all these questions to someone who can come up and be like, why would I listen to your thing? Why would I buy your product over yeah. the other product on the market? Harry, yeah. and, and you know, you almost prep yourself as if there's like an, an opposing counsel coming at you. Well, you know, like practice knowing why your company is special, why it's different, why we need to buy into you and what you offer versus other people. It's your thing, right? Your thing, yeah. And listen, I, I'm not, you know, people, I know that not every every job has to be fueled by passion 100% of the time. It's not. There are a lot of unsexy things that people do because it keeps the lights on. That's what it is. Sometimes yeah. your job happens to align with your passion. Sometimes it doesn't. But if the goal is um, connecting, selling, marketing well, you should, you need to find that one thing that you genuinely care about and just ride that pony because- yeah. That's what people are going to notice is how you talk about what you do or what you offer. I, I think some of the things, and I think, you know, based on our journalistic background, we probably come at this from a, from a slightly different angle than, or perspective perhaps than somebody who has always been in business or own business or worked in some sort of, uh, you know, a different sort of corporate environment. But we understand the, the passion when it comes to storytelling, I think where a lot of people struggle or sort of perhaps fumble a little bit or, or not sure where to go is like, they're sort of afraid of expressing it that way. They're sort of afraid of like really putting it all on the line. Like they're, they've painted themselves into this little box where this is how we speak in the business world and people may not understand it, but I feel compelled to speak this way because that's what everybody does. Like, and we paint ourselves into these boxes that don't necessarily let our passion show. And you're right. There's not passion for everything, right. but, but speaking eloquently on the portions that, that you do have passion for and why is like jump out of that box with both feet. You can't let it hold you in. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking of even financial planners we've worked with. You can work with a ton of people. Why do I work with my, the guy we love? Because he's hysterical. And yeah. when I have lunch with him and we have talked about the boring stuff, we also laugh. Um, right. So there are intangibles and, and yeah. you know, that's what you go back to. That's what people come back for. People come back for connection. Yep. They crave that. And whether it's the front facing part of your business, like what I do or what you we did in news, which is because you're literally face-to-face -face people, or it's just part of it. Um, understanding why you're there and why your company is there and exists, I, I think is like the real linchpin in some of this. Let me ask you one, one uh, additional question. We talked about the importance of emotion and my experiences I found particularly there are four emotions that generally seem to be the ones that resonate with people. And I'm curious if this is your experience as well. One is like anxiety, especially now. And not that I'm encouraging anybody to prey on anybody's anxiety, but it is a pain point, right? For sure. There is outrage. That's another one, right? It's, you don't have to dive too deep into Twitter to see there's a lot of Twitter outrage, right? There's plenty of that to go around, but motivation and humor. And I'm sort of lumping humor into this. It's, I know it's not 
and emotion strictly, but you talked about why you work with a financial planner because he's got a great sense of humor. Mm -hmm. Those are the four elements of emotion that I find usually work when I'm crafting a story about my business or somebody else's. What's your experience? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think there are certain, definitely certain categories of, of emotion when it comes to why people connect. Um, I think, I mean, yes, you can definitely take and, and people and even companies of certain, to a certain degree have taken um, the outrage hook recently. Like they'll yeah. attach themselves to a, um, a social justice cause for better or for worse, or they'll um, kind of hit on a big debate that's going on culturally or whatever. And I think that can be used for both good and bad. Yeah. Um, so I think, Yes, I think there are definitely hooks and there's the positive ones too. Right. You know, like you said, you can um, bring people joy, be the person that when I'm engaging with you online or in person, you know, that's like, you know, brings the humor. Yeah. But I mean, you gotta, you can't, you can't be a one note band either, you know, oh. right? And I think a good creator or, or company will always sort of do that dance a little bit. Like there, there's a time and a place to be more serious and there's a time and a place to allow that human connection to come through. And, you know, you just kind of got to read the room a little bit. At the time of this podcast recording, um, there has been some big news with Delta, right? Delta Airlines based in Atlanta, Georgia. And they came out and spoke on what's going on in Georgia in terms of voter ID and voter rights and access to the polls, et cetera, et cetera. And they took a lot of grief on both sides, right? People who are either, um, my children are, I'm on the, I'm on a podcast, my friend. Oh my God. Don't worry, because we can't even hear them. I, I told you right before we start, right before we started, one of mine was threatening to like choke another one here. said, she's choking me. And I was like, well, I'm pretty sure that's not. So don't worry. We're good. <laughs> okay. We're good. Okay. We got this. Like, if, the, if you're choking her, does that mean she can't talk? Awesome. Keep at it. <laughs> Aaron, every couple seconds. <laughs> yeah, we can't hear anything. Don't worry. But okay, good. I think it might be this new microphone. It's unidirectional, which means it's not supposed to pick up the poop show going on behind the scenes. Um, but you, but you're right. I mean, they they told a story about why this was important to them, and they did. They took grief on both sides. But it, it they, they got stood out. Of, they got a lot of exposure for it, also, right? Right. Totally. Well, it's definitely. Like if you're a company that's willing to do that, to like pick a side, I say more power. There are some issues in our world that are black and white, right and wrong. There are some that are more grayscale, but if you're in charge and this is something, and we've seen many companies do this over the past year and, and I fully support this, it's their right to take a stand and take a stance. And if they think there's an area of the world or the market that they can impact by, you know, diverting attention to certain causes, then I say, you know, use your power for good use, but it is a decision that you make, even as in my area, as a, a, a podcast or a content creator or digital person, I mean, you just be, you're, you're hanging your hat there. Just know that the internet remembers. And I think you should do it for things that you believe in. So, but know that, I mean, we know this having worked in news that like no one online will let you forget anything ever. So if it's something that you're not a hundred percent feeling positively in this camp or that about, then take a deep breath, you know, like 
before you associate your entire company with one side or another. But that, like I said, that comes with a huge caveat. Like I, I've spoken out very openly about my support of certain social justice causes. And I was very vocal about, you know, during the Black Lives Matter period that happened, not that it's just, not, not that it's over, but when it all came up this summer. Yeah. Um, and I got a lot of people angry, but I was like, that's okay. You're entitled to not be okay with me expressing my opinion. I respect that you know, let's be cool. But right. if you don't want to follow, that's okay too. You know, that is that is the challenge that companies and the people who are marketing face these days is you have the opportunity to be heard a lot quicker if you're going to hop on the hot plate, but just know that it's going to go this way or this way. Like you never know what's going to happen. So right. just be sure. And, and I think that's such, that's the important part of authenticity. It's right. It's if you are, are you this way when the wind blows and this way when it blows the other direction, you're going to find yourself in the middle of a poop storm that you're going to have a really hard time digging yourself out of. But if you can crack st craft stories that have, you know, authenticity and similar through lines that all lead back to the same core values and your whys and that stuff, you're probably in a safe space. And I'm going to mute right. myself right now because there's insanity going on. <laughs> cause marketing in the last even couple, like maybe two years where two or three years ago, people didn't want to take a stand. Companies, brands didn't want to take a stand. And now I actually think when you don't take a stand, you're taking a stand. I don't know if you guys are seeing the same thing, but a lot of our clients are saying, no, we have to make a point and decide how we're going to position ourselves with this because not doing it can be detrimental. I, I, oh, go ahead, Sunny. Oh, I, I agree fully with what you yes. said. I think, you know, and it's interesting to hear people realize that, you know, when I, so I'm going to use like a pop culture example, but Taylor Swift, right. The singer, she took a lot of grief from her fans when she didn't speak out on behalf of, uh, you know, her political beliefs. And she, I remember her finally issuing a statement and saying, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure that I should jump into this, but I realized I've done myself, my brand and my fans a disservice by not commenting on it. So there is a time when, when your followers, fans, clients, whatever it is, will demand that you have something to say mm -hmm. about a particular issue, but you still are walking generally speaking, unless you're Taylor Swift and you can do no wrong. <laughs> you're walking a fine line. But you know, her stakes were higher. It's an interesting example because like, yeah, I mean, she stands to lose a lot more, a lot quicker because of what she has, whether that's money or followers or clout of some sort. But yeah, I mean, it, it is, it is hard on these streets to like, to be a front facing part of any company, let alone the sole person that drives your company's marketing image, because you got to know that's where authenticity comes back. And, and I don't think it's wrong. And again, this isn't a call for companies or for marketing um, people to like be outward facing with their political or social beliefs. It's not, but um, I think it's important to recognize that that is inexplicably tied with marketing. Now where you stand as a company, because the consumers that are coming up, Gen Z, younger millennials, they want to put money where they believe philosophically it's a match for them, where they believe the company. Is, is that right? I mean, maybe not. I I'm, I'm certainly have given my money to people whose beliefs I don't agree with at all, but like sometimes you got to go to Chick-fil-A, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know. Just using that as an example. Remember that whole firestorm about, right. So, I mean, so here's the challenge, right? We're in a world where everybody knows 
who you are and you have to come out, like you said about Taylor Swift, you have to come out and you have to know who you are and blah, blah, blah. The, and that's powerful. But the problem is we got to give people grace because people change and people make mistakes and people don't eloquently say where they stand on. I know that I've been in that spot before. I know where I stand as a human being, but if I'm put on the spot and asked to eloquently describe where I stand on some of these big issues, I'm going to sound like an idiot probably half of the time. <laughs> so you, it, it's challenging. It's, it, it bears mentioning that as anyone who's the frontward facing part of any company, you should maybe spend time thinking, think about that stuff, not only because it's good for your personal benefit, because we are in an era now of change and where we should be reflecting. I think we need to be reflecting personally, but from a company perspective, it's going to help too, because you will have a moment where someone's going to want to know, like we go back to storytelling, the story behind the company, who are you as a person? Who am I giving my money to? Do I really like you? Do it, you know, it's worth thinking about these things. Sunny, you are awesome. We are coming up on 30 minutes, so we have to cut it short, but I have loved hearing everything you have to say. Before we go, we have one question we like to ask our guests if they're willing to answer. What is the weirdest thing that's ever happened to you? This is sort of a behind the scenes moment. Uh, yeah, behind the scenes. You, weirdest thing. Oh my God, give me some examples of what people say because there's like... So uh, we had one person who used to be on TV and when she was struggling, she had a fan um, tell her that he wanted some of her socks dirty and sweaty. So she would sell him used socks for 750 bucks a pop. <laughs> she, she did it. She sold them. Yeah. And yeah. then she's like, whenever I was, whenever I was short on money, I'd email him and be like, you need some more socks. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, live in the dream, sister. Uh -huh. If only right. don't think of this house, you could have the dirty laundry of five people all at once. <laughs> I know. Um, you, 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 you're, you're sitting on a literal gold mine and you have no uh, idea. I, well, I've had that offer before. Okay, I'll just give you weird news stories um, because we get, you know, tons yeah. of interaction with people. I had a, a proposal from an inmate in jail with a clipping of a house that he wanted to buy us when we when he got out of the clink and he loved me at requests for dirty socks and shoes. I'll pay you this much. This is the weirdest and it's kind of gross. Um, I had, when I was anchoring here in Orlando, got off set, it was 11 o'clock at night. And I'm like, it's weird that I have a voicemail. Like no one calls me on my work phone. It was a message. I was like, oh my God, something's happening at home, like with the baby. It's this guy and he's like, he knew I had just had a baby. He's like heavy breathing into the phone. He's like, just tell me how much you want. I just really want to buy some of your breast milk. And I was like, what? And like, he was like, literally I'll pay you that. Like left all of his contact information. He's like, I'll pay thousands. Like I will pay. And I was, and I hung up the phone and like- I mean, did my, you think about it? Cause like, you know- And you're like, I called my husband and he was like, well, how much? And it's like, just <laughs> Um, that was pretty weird, but there's like a dime a dozen weird stories. When oh, yeah. But that's probably the weirdest one. I'm fully supportive of that and sort of jealous it didn't happen to me. No, I'm teasing. <laughs> <laughs> Is that right? I'll never stop breastfeeding. Like I, I know. I'm like, I how long do these pumps last? Yeah. <laughs> interesting people out there. And you know, whatever. I'm not here to judge. But that, your not. neighbors are weird. That's all I'm telling anybody who's listening or watching. You have weird neighbors and we can attest to it. <laughs> <laughs> and one year working the news and you will have met an interesting and again not saying i'm better but no not at all strange, it's just eye-opening yeah really eye-opening so sunny really tell our audience if you don't mind if they're interested in your podcast what you got coming up how you work with clients all that good stuff where can they find you 
Ooh, okay, so if video is your thing, we have like a digital talk show. So it's like, you see the guests, it's like, you know, Ellen on Zoom, but like without all the harassment claims against me. Um, every <laughs> Wednesday on Facebook at facebook.com slash we gotta talk. And then the podcast comes out every Thursday. You can get that anywhere you listen to podcasts. Um, it's just called We Gotta Talk with Sunny. And um, like I said, this week, it's all about aesthetics and the upcoming topics we have are intuitive healing, um, like I said, we have just a back catalog of really interesting stuff. So just scroll back and you'll see, and yeah, just come back every Thursday and subscribe and check it out. It's fun. It's very off the cuff, you know, there's no rules. It gets kind of like this. <laughs> yeah. Kind of like this. Exactly. Oh, and on Instagram, <laughs> at Sunny about it on Instagram. I should say that my social media girls. Yeah. Like, don't, don't Instagram. freak. I know you just hit 10 K. Woo woo. Yeah. member, but you know, I'll take it. No, I'm going to, and I'm going to use your strategy. It, it is cringe. <laughs> But I'm going to do it. Oh my God. It it was like, but listen, just to wrap it up, when you believe in what you're doing, like I would have to be like, please guys, like tell a friend, but I believe in it. Like I'll, whatever. I'll be desperate. All right. Dude. And other people believe in it too, because they followed you. Yeah. On point. So thank you, Sunny. You're awesome. Oh, all right. And to our fabulous audience, that was the latest episode of the Mavens of Marketing. We will see you back here, same time, same place, next week. Bye. It's a teaser. Coming up on the next episode of the Mavens of Marketing, AI, artificial intelligence. Are we spying on you? Not really. We just know every single thing that you do and what you had for dinner last night and where you went. I'm teasing, but there is some real use, even for smaller size businesses, when it comes to artificial intelligence and their marketing endeavors. Who should you be targeting? How and why and when and how often? AI can help you with all of that, except it's kind of confusing, isn't it? Why you're in luck. We've got Rule Hoekstra, who is an AI geek. And I say that in the kindest sense of the word, he knows everything there is to know about AI and how businesses, both small and large can use it. And that means you. We'll see you for the next episode of the Mavens of Marketing.